Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Did you catch those crazy words from Jesus yesterday? The world is going to hate you because it hates Him. My friends, I hope you caught our last Practice the Way segment together, but more importantly, in that segment, I referenced a free video series about preparing for persecution from a guy who spent 25 years ministering in a Middle Eastern country only to be thrown into prison for a couple years on made-up accusations. And believe it or not, it's ultimately an uplifting series to watch. I'm going to put the link in today's notes Episode 2079. Now, here's why that's important. Even Jesus dreads what is to come, but he nevertheless accepts the Father's will and doesn't resist when he's arrested. And when you do what Jesus did, you'll naturally end up in places to be a witness to his redemptive love. And a very good day to you, hopeful one. Welcome to today's part of our journey together through the Bible, where we read through every single word of God's revelation of himself and consider our own life and work stories in light of that. Today, we're just going to dive in and and dive in. Luke chapter 21, picking up in verse 37. During the day, Jesus was teaching in the temple. But in the evening he would go out and spend the night on what is called the Mount of Olives. Then all the people would come early in the morning to hear him in the temple. The festival of unleavened bread, which is called Passover, was approaching, and the chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put him to death because they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve, and he went away and discussed with the chief priests and temple police how he could hand Jesus over to them. They were glad and agreed to give him silver. So he accepted the offer and started looking for a good opportunity to betray Jesus to them when the crowd was not present. Then the day of unleavened bread came when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. They asked him, Where do you want us to prepare it? Listen, he said to them, When you've entered the city, a man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters. Tell the owner of the house, The teacher asks you, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished room upstairs. Make preparations there. So they went and found it, just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Then he said to them, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I tell you, from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. 
And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave to them, and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But look, the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me. For the Son of Man will go away as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. So they began to argue among themselves which of them it could be who was going to do it. Then a dispute also arose among them about who should be considered the greatest. But he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who have authority over them have themselves called benefactors. It is not to be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever is greatest among you should become like the youngest, and whoever leads like the one serving. For who is greater, the one at the table or the one serving? Isn't it the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. You are those who stood by me in my trials. I bestow on you a kingdom just as my father bestowed one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. You will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Lord, he told him, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I tell you, Peter, he said, the rooster will not crow today until you deny three times that you know me. And he also said to them, When I sent you out without money bag, traveling bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Not a thing, they said. Then he said to them, But now, whoever has a money bag should take it, and also a traveling bag. And whoever doesn't have a sword should sell his robe and buy one. For I tell you, what is written must be fulfilled about me. And he was counted among the lawless. Yes, what is written about me is coming to fulfillment. Lord, they said, look, here are two swords. That is enough, he told them. He went out and made his way as usual to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he reached that place, he told them, Pray that you may not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he got up from prayer and came to the disciples, he found them sleeping, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, 
Suddenly a mob came, and one of the twelve named Judas was leading them. He came near Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw what was going to happen, they asked, Lord, should we strike him with the sword? Then one of them struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. But Jesus responded, No more of this. And touching the man's ear, he healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, temple police, and the elders who had come for him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a criminal? Every day while I was with you in the temple, you never laid a hand on me. But this is your hour and the hour of the dominion of darkness. All right, my friends, that gets us up through verse 53 of chapter 22. Remember, when you do what Jesus did, you'll naturally end up in places to be a witness to his redemptive love. Don't miss tomorrow. It's going to rock our world. Big climax tomorrow. Hope you caught that special message that I dropped in there for you yesterday. Today, as we get to our Old Testament segment, Job finally, and I mean finally, gets his long-desired audience before God. And we're going to hear God address Job both today and tomorrow. But if there's a lesson today, listen for how Job responds. Job, starting in 38. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. He said, Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Where were you when I established the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? What supports its foundations? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who enclosed the sea behind doors when it burst from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment and total darkness its blanket, when I determined its boundaries and put its bars and doors in place, when I declared, You may come this far, but no farther, your proud waves stop here. Have you ever in your life commanded the morning or assigned the dawn its place so it may seize the edges of the earth and shake the wicked out of it? The earth is changed as clay is by a seal. Its hills stand out like the folds of a garment. Light is withheld from the wicked and the arm raised in violence is broken. Have you ever traveled to the sources of the sea or walked in the depths of the ocean? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the extent of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the road to the home of light? Do you know where darkness lives so you can lead it back to its border? Are you familiar with the paths to its home? Don't you know? You were already born. You have lived so long. 
Have you entered the place where the snow is stored? Or have you seen the storehouses of hail, which I hold in reserve for times of trouble, for the day of warfare and battle? What road leads to the place where light is dispersed? Where is the source of the east wind that spreads across the earth? Who cuts a channel for the flooding rain or clears the way for lightning to bring rain on an uninhabited land, on a desert with no human life, to satisfy the parched wasteland and cause the grass to sprout? Does the rain have a father? Who fathered the drops of dew? Whose womb did the ice come from? Who gave birth to the frost of heaven when water come, becomes as hard as stone and the surface of the watery depths is frozen? Can you fasten the chains of the Pleiades or loosen the belt of Orion? Can you bring out the constellations in their season and lead the bear and her cubs? Do you know the laws of heaven? Can you impose its authority on earth? Can you command the clouds so that a flood of water covers you? Can you send out lightning bolts and they go? Do they report to you saying, here we are? Who put wisdom in the heart or gave the mind understanding? Who has the wisdom to number the clouds, or who can tilt the water jars of heaven when the dust hardens like cast metal and clods of dirt stick together? Can you hunt prey for a lioness or satisfy the appetite of young lions when they crouch in their dens and lie in wait within their lairs? Who provides the raven's food when its young cry out to God and wander about for lack of food? Do you know when mountain goats give birth? Have you watched the deer in labor? Can you count the months they are pregnant so that you know the time they give birth? They crouch down to give birth to their young. They deliver their newborn. Their offspring are healthy and grow up in the open field. They leave and do not return. Who set the wild donkey free? Who released the swift donkey from its harness? I made the desert its home and the salty wasteland its dwelling. It scoffs at the noise of the village and never hears the shouts of a driver. It roams the mountains for its pasture land, searching for anything green. Would the wild ox be willing to serve you? Would it spend the night by your feeding trough? Can you hold the wild ox to a furrow by its harness? Will it plow the valleys behind you? Can you depend on it because its strength is great? Would you leave it to do your hard work? Can you trust the wild ox to harvest your grain and bring it to your threshing floor? The wings of an ostrich flap joyfully, but are her feathers and plumage like the storks? She abandons her eggs on the ground and lets them be warmed in the sand. She forgets that a foot may crush them or that some wild animal may trample them. She treats her young harshly as if they are not her own, with no fear that her labor may have been in vain. For God has deprived her of wisdom. He has not endowed her with understanding. But when she proudly spreads her wings, she laughs at the horse and its rider. Do you give strength to the horse? Do you adorn his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like a locust? His proud snorting fills one with terror, and his, 
He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He charges into battle. He laughs at fear since he's afraid of nothing. He does not run from the sword. A quiver rattles at his side along with a flashing spear and a javelin. He charges ahead with trembling rage. He cannot stand still at the sound of a trumpet. When the trumpet blasts, he snorts defiantly. He smells the battle from a distance. He hears the officer's shouts and the battle cry. Does the hawk take flight by your understanding and spread its wings to the south? Does the eagle soar at your command and make its nest on high? It lives on a cliff where it spends the night. Its stronghold is on a rocky crag, and from there it searches for prey. Its eyes penetrate the distance. Its brood gulps down blood, and where the slain are, it is there. The Lord answered Job. Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who argues with God give an answer. And then Job answered the Lord. I am so insignificant. How can I answer you? I place my hand over my mouth. I have spoken once. I will not reply. Twice. But now I can add nothing. And that gets us up through chapter 40, verse 5. My friends, don't miss tomorrow. Tomorrow ends our fifth trip through the Old Testament. It ends the book of Job, and it happens to just like double climax with something we're going to read in Luke. But to lift up today. Here we just heard God break his silence and speak to Job. <laughs> Give him kind of the divine beatdown, right? Overwhelming him with a display of his sovereign majesty and humbling him by exposing his ignorance. So I want to close today with Psalm 103. And in this, I would almost call it beloved hymn of praise, the psalmist blesses the Lord for the many redemptive benefits displayed to God's people. Let's end today on a high note. Psalm 103, a psalm of David. My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. 
As a father has compassion on his child, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear Him, and His righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep His covenant, who remember to observe His precepts. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all His angels of great strength, who do His word, obedient to His command. Bless the Lord, all His armies, His servants who do His will. Bless the Lord, all His works in all the places where He rules. My soul, bless the Lord. And that is Psalm 103. And my friends, I hope tomorrow is as climactic for you as it, as it is for me. And if you know anybody who wants to start with us right at the beginning of the Old Testament, we will be picking up Genesis in a couple days. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen. <laughs>